Welcome to the Liberated Latina Podcast, your space to be activated and elevated so you can become a sought-after coach online. I'm your host, Daisy Lopez, visibility coach helping amazing women of color coaches reclaim their voice and have a poppin' and profitable online presence. Visibility is so much deeper than just strategy and mindset alone. Here you'll get the concepts and tools that will amplify your message and catapult you as an irresistible choice in your niche. The time for women of color leadership is here. Ready? Of course you are. Let's dive into the episode. Welcome back to the podcast and for my introverts or wallflowers who also deep down have a desire to speak on stages and get your message out there. Today's guest is going to be such a treat for you. So today we have Yvonne Armenta. Yvonne is a public speaking creative and the founder of Chats with Yvonne, which is a community that helps Latinas and introverts reconnect with and genuinely love the art of public speaking. I know it sounds impossible for some of us, but she does such a beautiful way of helping you bring your unique essence to public speaking. Beyond teaching you the skills required to be a great and effective speaker, Yvonne also challenges you to reflect on your own experiences to create a map for your public speaking journey that is genuinely unique to you. As a communications expert and the host of Chats with Yvonne podcast, her hope is to continue creating opportunities for more Latinas to confidently take the stage and just bring more representation to the arena of public speaking. She gets so vulnerable in this episode and she also shares some really simple yet powerful ways to find more confidence as you get more comfortable speaking up and ultimately becoming a public speaker, whether you're on stage, in your house, in your business, and I'm so excited for you to dive into the episode. So without further ado, here is the interview with Yvonne Armenta. All right, my lovelies, I am here with somebody that I just knew I had to connect with. So I was connecting with uh, one of my former clients and I was like, do you know of anybody that has a podcast that would kind of be my same vibe? And when she mentioned your name, I went to your profile. I'm like, yes, <laughs> this is definitely somebody that I have to connect with. So Yvonne, thank you so much for coming on here and taking this time to share a little bit about public speaking and also who you are as a person, because I think it's so refreshing to see young Latinas using their voice in this way, especially in an arena where even the other day I got an email for a summit and like all of the speakers were men. <laughs> yeah. So what you're doing and what you're helping people do is really something that's going to help diversify the the voices that are really seen and heard and amplified. So thank you so much for being here. No, thank you so much for having me. I think, you know, to your point, that's exactly why I love doing what I do and why I keep doing it is because of that, because we still, till this day, get emails for events where the lineup is all male. I watched uh, the local news the other day and all male. And I was kind of, it made me sort of uncomfortable to see it, to be honest. I was like, huh, literally not one single woman is on this live broadcast right now. And so very much, th this is very much in alignment with why I do what I do. Yeah. I think just the whole um, topic of women and especially women of color, right? Owning their voices is something that I just feel we have both such a deep value in 
our voice is such a powerful tool and learning how to hone that tool in a way that is in alignment with who we were meant to be in our authentic expression is I think really one of the biggest pillars of liberation. Like if we can really use this tool that we have in a way that's authentic to us, like what, what else could be more freeing? So I'm just so excited for everyone to hear from you. Yeah. I'm excited to be here. Thank you. So I want to know, like public speaking, when we talk about it, even when I'm sure when you use that word, people have a lot of thoughts, feelings, opinions on it. Like, oh, I don't, I don't know. For some people, that's literally one of their biggest fears. Mm-hmm. Is yeah, about speaking. 75% of the population worldwide has a fear, some type of phobia of public speaking. So it is a fear. And you know, when I first started sharing my public speaking journey, I wanted my, you know, it's chats with Yvonne and I wanted it to feel friendly and I wanted it to feel like it was a conversation, like you're having a charla, but I still wanted to keep the framing of it being public speaking, right? So my name chats with Yvonne, but I talk about public speaking con cultura because it's one of those words that when you hear it, it automatically triggers something in you. And I wanted to be part of shifting that, you know, when you hear public speaking, it's no longer scary, far away. It's something that you can feel, that you can touch, that's friendly, that you do every day already. And even 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 though it was mostly when I first started for my own public speaking journey because I felt if if I feel like this, there sure there has to be other people that feel like this about public speaking. It's like a love-hate relationship. I whenever I I don't always raise my hand. Now I I do more often, right? But I don't, I'm not always the first to raise my hand to public speak, but if the opportunity comes to me and I have to do it, then I'll do it and I'll do a great job at it. But I haven't always been the one that goes for the opportunities. And I figured there, there's a reason for that. And so I started uncovering that throughout my public speaking journey. So I keep the word public speaking because I know, I know that it evokes certain emotions for a lot of us. (laughs) Yeah. I love how you talk about public speaking because from what I'm hearing you say, public speaking was almost like that catalyst for you to enter this arena. And you you had that, t- that tension that I know I resonate with and a lot of people tell me about where you know you can, like you know there's something within you that wants to speak up, that wants to lead in that way. But then there's the other part of you that's like, oh, let me just keep my hand down. Let me just chill <laughs> in the corner and like not, not be seen, not be heard. See? And I lived with that tension for a long time. And, and for me, marketing was that catalyst. And it's so interesting how we enter these different arenas. And I mean, especially opening a business, you're basically public speaking all the time through you have to, you have like no choice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it becomes this catalyst of like, okay, I have to finally come to terms with what keeps me silent. So for you, what did you find? Like, as you were looking through all of those different layers, what did you, what did you find? It's a lot, right? There are so many layers that you have to pull back from. So I grew up in San Francisco, California, low-income family. My mom was a single mom growing up. I'm the oldest of my of my siblings. So it was myself, my brother, and my little sister. There was a gap in between my little sister, like a 10-year gap, but I was a little bit older. I was 10 years old and I was like taking care of her. I think those are all experiences that in the in it of itself it kind of makes you be a little bit more hyper aware of your own being 
in the world and like what, how you, how, what I did specifically, I'll talk from my experience. I've always been really aware of how I move in the world, how I speak, how I do anything. It doesn't just impact me. It has always impacted those around me, specifically my family. Right. And so I think that because of that, and my mom came here when she was 15 for a majority of my life, she was undocumented. And so what that meant was though that was very much her experience. And I never like sharing that from the perspective of I lived through that because I don't know what it's like to live undocumented, right? Like I was born here. I have the privilege of being born in the United States and have access to things because of that, right? But I was a child of someone that was that way. And so whatever they their lived experiences kind of in, in many ways trickled down, right? So it was feelings of don't draw too much attention, just sort of do what you're supposed to do. And when you work hard, you're going to be given these opportunities. When you speak well, you're going to attract this, or when you get good grades, then you're going to get into a good college. So I think, especially because I was the oldest sibling, no one before me had really done it. And so I had these experience, these lived experiences that required me to be independent, to be self-aware, incredibly self-aware of myself and who I was and how I existed within the world. And also sometimes a little quiet, a little reserved because you don't want to draw attention over here. Add on top of that, that I'm an introvert and I always have been. I mentioned this recently, but through my public speaking journey, one of the things that has been really important to me is reflection. And so I've realized that in my journey towards loving the art of public speaking, because I haven't always loved it, but there's always been a little bit of me that leans into it, right? I realized that part of the reason why on top of me being an introvert, that I felt like I needed to be quieter, that I needed to kind of just tone down was because my mom has always been loud. My mom has always been assertive. She's always been like, Yvonne, go ask for this. Yvonne, go do this, go do that. And in my mind, right? Like my mom has never been your traditional, what what you would consider to be traditional like Mexican household because she was a single mom, youngest of seven, left Mexico when she was 15. She's always been the rebel of the family. And it, but the rest of my family hasn't been like that. They are very traditional. And so I recognized as a little girl, I was like, oh my gosh, my family's talking shit about my mom, you know, like things like that or not, they weren't talking shit about her, but you know, just like, she's a rebel. Why does she have to be doing this all the time? And I almost adopted those things. And I was like, okay, I don't want to be that loud. I want to be a little bit more reserved. And so add on top of that, like just again, that I'm an introvert, the way that I navigated public speaking was almost like by not doing it, right? Or doing it whenever it was asked of me by someone like a teacher. And it's interesting because when I was in elementary school, I remember again, being shy, reserved, but always being aplicada. I was like, school is the one thing that I do have control over in my life in some way, right? I control how my grades, I control how much effort I put here, everything going on at home. I can't control that. Like there's, I just am sort of an actor and whatever happens. And school became this place where I was like, okay, let me do my work. Let me get good at reading. I loved reading. I loved reading out loud, all this stuff. And so my elementary school teachers, they would ask me, hey, uh, would you like to be the MC for a graduation? Would you like to be the MC for a cultural event? And I think that because of my experience, I developed a people-pleasing tendency <laughs> that I'm still recovering from. And it's funny because, pub, you know, 
people pleasing can lead you to doing things that you wouldn't otherwise want to be doing, right? That's kind of the premise of, of it all because you're doing it to please other people. And the one time that I'm now realizing that I'm okay, that I'm like, damn, I am glad I said yes to this. I'm glad that my people pleasing tendencies led me to public speaking because otherwise I wouldn't have done it on my own. I wouldn't have said, let me go and volunteer to speak up here because no one would have, no one else would have given me the confidence in myself to do that if I hadn't said yes to the initial opportunity, right? And I realized that with public speaking, it was the one time where I didn't feel like I needed to be this reserved shy person or this super loud person either, where I didn't have to, whatever I said didn't necessarily, it does, right? We know that it does, but whatever I said didn't directly impact my family in a negative way or anything like that. And so it felt like the spotlight is on me. It makes me very uncomfortable, but this is the one time where I feel like I can just be. I don't have to worry about what else is going on. This is very much me. I'm in control of my preparation process in of what I say. And people already want me up here. They already asked me to do this. I got to do it anyway. I said yes to it already. Let me just go through with it. And I realized I really love this. Like this is something that I want to continue doing because it makes me feel good. It brings me closer to who I am, really, truly, not just who I think the world perceives me as or who the world wants me to be. Like this is just me. Oh, that's so good. I love that. I've never thought of it that way, but it's true, right? Like when the mic is finally in our hands, it's it's like, wow, I really am now in control of how I express myself. And this is my opportunity to speak up. And that also makes me think about, I see this all the time too, where um, as I work with clients, it's like, I want, they'll tell me in the beginning, I want the podcast interviews. I want, um, you know, the guest features. I want to host big workshops. I want to do all these things, right? And then once the opportunities start coming, they're like, (gasps) Like, can I, can I actually, because we want this, right? There's a part of us that wants to be the person that is in that spotlight, wants to be the person that has the mic. And then sometimes it's like, we've, we live so much of our lives trying to get that, that then when they hand over the mic to us, like, oh my gosh. So did you, did you ever experience that? And how did you kind of coach yourself or support yourself through that? Because it's very vulnerable public speaking, like, it's live you can't edit yourself you can't go back and and like fix things like you could maybe a podcast episode so how did you how did you kind of navigate that it's interesting the first thing that came to mind when you said that was I watched coach carter you know I don't know if anybody else knows that movie it's one of my favorite movies but what the way that I learned about this specific phrase was in coach Carter when Cruz, I think is like our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is they are powerful beyond measure. It's our light, not our darkness that most frightens us. Right. And so I have leaned into that ever. And I didn't know why. Right. But I have leaned into that quote for a really long time, because I think that when we're navigating in our day to days, in our day to day, we're just, we're thinking, I just am, right? And there's all these things, forms of judgment that exist in our world anyway already. And the stage can very much feel like it's that one moment where everybody, all eyes are on you and everybody's judging you, right? I like to tell people the audience is on your side. The reason you're up there and we're asked to be on there in the the first place is because you have something of value. And I think that something 
in my initial stages that kept me from taking the spotlight or be, being comfortable with being in the spotlight, which still is kind of hard for me. Like not when I'm on stages, but more so on the social media front of things. I'm like, ah, you know, you just, we have in my culture, right? We have a culture of being really humble. We have a culture of just staying in your lane, doing kind of what you need to do, but not ever doing the most, never doing too little, never doing the most. And so I think that when you're presented with the things that you've been asked basically asking the universe to do it's this moment of you get you start to ask yourself because of the things that you've already lived you start to ask yourself am i good enough do i actually know what i'm talking about and i can't i can't say that i have completely figured that out right but it's through public speaking it's through doing it over and over and over again that you really start to learn who you are as a speaker you have to engage in that deep reflection you have to be okay with those feelings of inadequacy and doubt coming up and making them shut up anyway, right? Doing it anyway, because there have been so many times where I go up on stage. And one of my biggest things when I give a public speaking engagement or a workshop is I want people to leave with more than just motivation and inspiration, right? I would not consider myself a motivational speaker. I consider myself a public speaker and that I speak about public speaking, right? It's funny. I talk about public speaking, but when I'm called upon to be in that motivational space or share my story, right? I always want someone to leave with more than just that moment. I want them to have long lasting impact, right? And I think that's something that we can leverage. I, I think we tend to be very community oriented, right? As Latinas, and that's something to lean into. That's actually what's helped me see that public speaking really isn't all about me. As an introvert, that's very comforting. I'm like, it's comforting to know it's not about me and that it's about the people that are receiving my message. And if I approach it from a lens of community versus what has normally, what is normally brought up in business or in the industry is very much like to the self, which by the way, you should embrace the self too, right? And elevate yourself and don't be, don't be too humble either. Recognize your successes and your accomplishments. But what helped me manage the nerves and all of that is thinking about my community, like the larger picture. Again, I grew up thinking, what I do impacts everybody else. And that kind of, I think, will follow me forever. But I've now used it as a power in my public speaking and how I do it. So leaning into community and knowing that it's not so much, it's not all about me. It's about the people that are that are receiving my message too. Yeah. And I think for introverts too, it's, it's powerful for us to realize because I am the I am so introverted. <laughs> My family will make fun of me because we'll have like a really social weekend with like family and like people that I enjoy. And I'm like, my social battery's running out. Like, I, yes. bye everybody. <laughs> um, but I think it's comforting as introverts too. And this was like, I think I consciously knew it, but when I felt it, it was truly like paradigm shifting to realize that one of our gifts as introverts is that reflection, mm-hmm. is that ability to take a step back and observe the world and and look at where can we, when we speak, when we do show up, how can we make it really potent and, and intentional? Yes. Yes. I, I mean, I think as an introvert, that is exactly what your power is as a public speaker, right? There are all these ideas of introverts, maybe not being leaders or introverts, not 
liking to public speak. And sometimes for some of us, we're like, yeah, you're right. I kind of don't like it. Right. But it's not because of something, because we don't think we're good at it or we could be good at it. It's because everybody, I think everybody in the world kind of expects us to be this way. And as introverts, again, I go back to, if you don't ask me to, I probably won't raise my hand to do it, right? Like I'll let somebody else do it, right? Unless I'm really passionate about it. That's the other thing. Because as introverts, we spend so much time thinking deeply. We have this, our craft, like our art, we've spent time, right? We're not just going up and talking about something just because we have a little bit of information on it or a little bit of knowledge on it. We know what we're talking about. We've done the work. We've done the research. We've thought about all the different perspectives. We've gone back and forth and back and forth again. And so I think that's what's beautiful as a public speaker you have to pull from all different experiences and they're not always necessarily your own, right? Like thought leadership and perspectives of other people, those inform the way that you show up as a speaker and introverts were really good at that. We just, we just need to chill out for a second on our own and then we're ready to talk to people, right? Like I tell people I'm social. I just, I need to go not talk to someone for the next like 10 business days after that. <laughs> Yeah. The social battery runs low and we're like, let me recharge and then I'll be right. I'll be right yeah. back with you. Yeah. Even so, after every public speaking engagement, it's funny. I like after every public speaking engagement, there's usually a networking thing right after I have maybe a good hour in me. And then after that, I'm like, oh my God, I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. I need to go chill out by myself. <laughs> yes. I so relate. Um, so what I'm really hearing you say, even as you're, as you're speaking, a lot of what makes public speaking approachable is not making certain aspects of ourselves wrong, mm -hmm. but also not making it limit us, like not using our introvertedness as a barrier to speaking, not using like our preference to not raise our hand unless we are asked or unless we're really passionate to be the reason why we're up on that stage. Like I just hear from you and this is very refreshing, like, the way that we make public speaking more accessible is by not making yourself wrong in the process of letting yourself be that person, of letting yourself be the speaker. And I'm yes. curious, what are other elements or ways that somebody can walk away from this and start thinking like, what could be my, my public speaking embodiment? What could, how can I bring together different aspects or elements to create my I don't want to say persona because it's it's who we are, but what different elements can we tie into to kind of craft our our style of public speaking? Oh yeah, I love this question. Someone asked me recently if I have an alter ego, like when I go up on stage, and I was like, maybe in some ways I kind of do because whether I have done this myself or the world around us rewards extroversion and rewards being a certain kind of person, right? And so it feels like public speaking can ask, can ask us to be something that we're completely not, right? So when you go, when I first started my public speaking journey, if I, I went on Google and I was like, top public speakers, all white men, really loud, whether they were introverts, I couldn't tell. They didn't lead with that, right? Because who leads with that when, when you're at a job or even it rewards you to be the loudest person in the room, to raise your hand first, to do all this, all these things first, right? So I started to think about who I was as a speaker is all of those things. I am an introvert, right? Start pulling from the things that bring you a sense of comfort 
right? Because public speaking in itself is already this uncomfortable or can be uncomfortable for everybody, right? I'm not just saying for introverts or extroverts, even if you're an extrovert and love talking to people, public speaking is still really hard. So first, identify the things that bring you comfort in your day-to-day. Is it the conversations con tu abuelita? What can you learn from those, right? I learned through learning about public speaking and best practices and the foundational knowledge of body language and voice and how you leverage storytelling in your public speaking, I realized that I had been doing that for a really long time or actually that where I was looking for books to learn that, my family already had had exemplified that for me, right? My grandma had been telling me stories forever. This is how we pass down knowledge. Leaning into your culture and the things that bring you comfort mold you into who, like, who you have to be as a public speaker to feel your most authentic, to feel most aligned with the art. Because if we go, if we first start with, which is what I did, right? If we first start with what is already out there, then we're going to be left feeling like we don't belong there or we have to assimilate to where already is out there. And so it's important to actually take a step back and look at your day-to-day and say, these interactions with my abuelita bring me the most joy. El cafecito and chisme time with my friend, that brings me joy. I love when I'm in the classroom, they give me some data, some things to look for. I like taking that home reading it again by myself and coming up with my own ideas. Or I like talking right then and there. Like I love raising my hand, you know, identify those things within your day-to-day because that's who you should tune into when you're on stage public speaking. That's what will make you feel most confident and most aligned. I don't, I don't know if that makes sense, but it, it it's something that I've leveraged. And then once you do that, then you can experiment, right? Public speaking, I think, is all about remixing, right? So I always tell you, start internally so that you don't get clouded by all of the things that are out there or thinking, oh, I want to be like that woman on stage. She's so loud. Her outfits are bold. If that's not you, don't do that, right? But if you need to go through a phase where you want to say, hey, I want to wear the bold colors or I want to be and move in this way, Try it out. See how it feels. Your body will let you know if it feels out of place, right? So I always say start internally and then you can look outward for inspiration. So, wow, I really love the way that this person moves their body when they're speaking. I really love the way that they enunciate certain words ever so often throughout their speech. And then you can start taking bits and pieces and applying it to you from a lens of, I know who I am. I've already done the work and connected to my cultura. Now I'm just adding these elements. You're not starting from there. So I think that combination will help you find who you want to be on stage and you can experiment. It's all, it's all experimentation until you find your most, what makes you feel most comfortable and confident on stage. Girl, that is so good. And that is so aligned because I just had a conversation with somebody earlier today about that. Um, in a different context of like going to G- chat GPT first before you kind of figure out your message and all of that. But it's the same, it's the same idea of don't look outside of yourself when public speaking or any time that you really raise your hand, so to speak, to use your voice. It's it's an opportunity to what I'm hearing from you and like just the feeling of it is don't take it so seriously. Like this is finally 
we have the privilege now as young women and Latina women and women of color to have an arena where we get to experiment and actually have the privilege of using our voice and figuring out what that is. Like generations never had that before. They didn't have the luxury of trying to figure out their most fullest expression and using their voice. So it just feels really good to hear public speaking through this lens of bringing in all of the elements that you know to be true about yourself. And then sure, when we see amazing delivery or when we see amazing skill sets or techniques, that's something that we can adopt not to be that person, but to tie that into, okay, how does that moving my body that way translate into a more stronger like connection? Or how does it evoke the emotion of what I'm saying in a better way? Then it becomes more about the craft than I'm just going to shut down who I am and be that person because that seems to be working. Yes. And then that won't ever make you feel aligned to the art, right? And I think you're right in that we have a little bit more liberty. Maybe there's certain spaces where we don't yet, right? But we can turn to our community and say, hey, I want to create this. We have a little bit more liberty in how we create certain things for ourselves versus now waiting for those opportunities to come, right? And to our point from the beginning, there's still places where you go to a panel and everybody looks the same. They sound the same. They have the same lived experiences, right? And so that is still very much a thing, right? We still have to work against that. And we still have to work towards something that is, that's, that's more diverse. Right. And yet there's also this entirely new lane that we're building for ourselves. And so if we, my goal with chats with Yvonne is to almost have, to have people lean into the art for the purposes of creating for themselves in whatever lane they are. I don't, I tell people all the time, you don't have to aspire to be on a stage in front of thousands of people to make your impact. Your form of public speaking and the reason why I crave so much for people to lean into the art whenever they have the opportunity isn't just because you'll get on stage and be able to speak. It's also because it'll impact the way that you show up in different rooms where there maybe aren't people that look like you or there there aren't people that lean into their cultura as much as you do, right? And so that's why I want people to lean into the art. I think it, public speaking is one of those skill sets that just everywhere, no matter what you do, challenge me right now, no matter what you do, whatever industry you're in, whatever career you're in, uh, you're a stay-at-home mom, all, anything. Public speaking is the one skill that literally changes and transforms everything else, all of your communication. So I lean into the art because I want others to be able to lean into it too and find their own version of public speaking. Again, facilitating conversations in the room with your children, whatever it is. I want you to find power in the art of public speaking. And I really think that finding love in the art of public speaking helps us find power in our being and who we are in our day-to-day. So good. So, so good. So for everyone that's listening, where like what are little stepping stones that they can look to or like milestones that they can look to to start exercising that muscle of even just being more vocal? Because for me, that was the first step. I I was even afraid, like I was the person in school that didn't want to raise their hand. I did not want to read out loud. Count me out. I did not. <laughs> 
I was in choir because I would be in like a group thing and I did want to use my voice but for me just putting myself in situations where I where I would vocalize was a was a stretch in the beginning um so what would you say to somebody that's that maybe you know does see themselves on stages or not but they're like how do I start even just identifying as a as a speaker and starting to use my voice in that way one I'll say that it is hard you can't go from zero to 100 in one day, right? So you have to take baby steps. I was, I never volunteered in school either. Like my heart would start pounding at the thought of raising my hand. Even I hadn't even raised it yet. And I was already, my heart was pounding. My cheeks had felt like I had little ants everywhere. But I, I do, I did always like reading out loud when I knew exactly what I needed to say. So identify what kind of speaker you are in that way. Are you the type that the reason that I get nervous was because maybe I was going to ask a question that no one else had in mind. There's like uncertainty there, right? Uh, or how is it going to come out? I haven't rehearsed it. I haven't practiced it versus someone that is okay, still gets nervous, but is okay with raising their hand and reading out loud because they have exactly what they're going to say in front of them. That's like the first thing is identifying what kind of pre preparation you require for speaking up. Do you like to be prepared? Are you nervous because maybe you have no idea what you're about to talk? Is this improv? Identify what kind of preparation you need first, right? And then once you started, and you can identify that in your day-to-day, -day. you know yourself better than anybody else. So you know what that means to you, right? And then take the take baby steps, right? I think as an introvert, one thing that has always been very true about me is that when I get comfortable in a space, I'm able to be a little bit more myself and speak up just a little bit more. And I'll say this, that sometimes it's not even about us. It's about the environment and the people that we're around. So I'm not going to say right off the bat, push yourself in those rooms where you're the only one that looks like you, that sounds like you to raise your hand. But what I'm going to say is that look for those environments where you do feel a little bit more safe, where there is maybe an ally or someone that you trust, where you're like, I'm still nervous as heck, but I have my one bestie. And so I'm going to raise my hand, right? It's like, I like to think about when I was in school and finding friends, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so nervous. This is for a safe school. I don't have a friend. I'm really shy, reserved. And once you have that one friend, you feel a little bit more confident to speak up or to make more friends. The first friend is always hard to make. And then once you have that one, you're like, okay, I'm actually, you have proof that you're actually kind of cool and you go make more friends. Same with public speaking. Find the little opportunities to raise your hand, the things that maybe you're a little bit more sure of to give you confidence to then go for the bigger ones. And I'll give you an example of something that I did. I was once in a room, all white men, all older white men, and we were discussing an idea for an internal video that we were going to shoot. And it was it was like nothing almost about them that made me feel uncomfortable. It was just the historical context of just like being in there and being like, not only am I young, I'm also a woman, soy Latina. O sea, I have different lived experiences in them. So my creative, my creativity, my creative process is different. So we were talking about ideas and they started talking about, oh, what if we did a sports themed thing? And we did like the football throwing and all this stuff. And I was like, classic. I was like, oh my gosh. And so original. I was so, <laughs> yes. Right. I was so nervous and something that I did that I started adopting. And I don't even know where this came from. I didn't read it anywhere. I just started doing it. It was, I would write down 
almost exactly what I wanted to say or so that if I got nervous when actually saying it out loud, I could look down at my paper and just say it, right? Because I found that if I didn't, I know that I needed a little bit of preparation, but when you're in the middle of something, you kind of can't, right? So in that situation, I let them say their ideas while they're talking about their ideas. I wrote mine down, heart is pounding, all that stuff. And as I'm talking about my idea, my cheeks, I'm super red, all these things. And they were like, that's a really good idea. We should do it. And that gave me the confidence to be like, okay, my ideas are actually kind of good. And even if they're not, oh, well, they'll be dismissed and that's fine. I move on to the next. So find first the opportunities to do it in a comfortable space and then practice doing them in an uncomfortable space. Why, but also recognize who you are as a, as a preparer. Like, what do you need to feel prepared? If you need to write it down really quickly, do that. If you need to draw some pictures on a piece of paper, do it. If you need to not make eye contact with the people that you're in the room in the beginning, do that. That's fine. It's okay to do that, right? Because that's what gives you the evidence that you need to be like, okay, I did it. I'm good at it. I have good ideas. Let me do it again the next time. And it gets a lot easier once you make a habit out of that. That is genius. First of all, <laughs> that is so genius because it's, it's so common for people to say, well, like feel the fear and do it anyway, which like, I get the sentiment, but at the same time, we need to also realize that when we are pushing ourselves, that is such a big, like it activates our nervous system in a really big way. And we don't want to traumatize ourselves to the point where we never want to venture outside of our comfort zone again. So like that is such a solid piece of advice for everyone to take in every area of your life is get to know yourself so that when you do kind of push yourself out to see, you're not like completely discarding your life raft either. Like you have something that you can lean on so that there is some sort of safety, even as you venture outside of your comfort zone. See, And that is, that is genius. Yeah. <laughs> I've never been, I'm like... I mean, I get scared about things and there's some things that I do anyway, but I'm like, but this is calculated. Like I took the baby steps before this one big step to be able to feel okay in doing this. So whatever right. you need, you need to identify who you are as a person and almost like gather your own evidence to feel comfortable in, in taking a leap. Yes. Thank you so much for sharing that. So where, where can people hang out with you more? I am on Instagram, on TikTok. Recently, I've tried to post more on YouTube too, more longer form content. These days, everybody wants a short form content though. So Instagram, TikTok, um, through Instagram, you can check out my website, chatswithyvonne.com. All the information on how to access me is also on there. If you ever want to chat, I'm here. I love talking. I literally nerd out about public speaking and you, you could ask me about one thing and I always connect it back to public speaking. Like my friends are pretty much tired of it at this point, but I'm always happy to chat with anybody. So yeah, across all social platforms and chatswithyvonne.com. I love your tiny mic chats, by the way. So everyone listening <laughs> should go you. check out her tiny mic chats. And Thank the you. series where you somebody submits a word and you tie it back to public speaking is so yes. fun. So definitely follow <laughs> yeah. her on her platforms because it's so fun to just watch you and, and your passion is so evident, which Thank you. I always Thank say is like the, the best ingredient to have in any sort of marketing, public speaking, right? Like when your passion is behind there, like less eloquently, sometimes I say when your whole ass is behind something, <laughs> then everyone wants to kind of get behind it as well. And I just love watching you. So thank yeah. you for being you. Thank you for your contribution 
to this space and for just taking really good care of us <laughs> Latina women out here that are wanting to use our voice and wanting to do it in a way that is in alignment with who we are. Con cultura, as you say. Con cultura, yes. No, thank thank you so much for saying that. I think that is what I I want people to lean into it. I want public speaking to not be this far away thing. I want you to be able to see it, to experience it because we've been doing this forever. This isn't new. We public speak all the time. We use our body to evoke emotion. We use storytelling to pass down knowledge. Like we have done this. We already have the techniques embedded within our culture. It's just, we need to catch on and recognize those things as being very much valid in the space of public speaking. So thank you for saying that. I appreciate the space. Oh my gosh, what a joy to have you. So everyone go ahead and check out the description and you can get all her links and follow her everywhere. (laughs) And until next time, thank you all for joining. Hey, amiga, real quick. Did you find value in today's episode? If you did, take a screenshot right now, share it on your Instagram story with your biggest takeaways, and be sure to tag me, at The Liberated Latina. This allows me to see what you are most enjoying about the show, and it grows our community of liberated hermanas. Thank you so much for hanging out today. I hope you had as much fun as I did, and I'll catch you in the next one. Besitos.